0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Mdiwa Gawaza, and for today, uh, we do get into a discussion just around um, what's going on in the world of um, logistics. But more specifically, I'm going to call it crowdsourced logistics. It's a space that I've been watching for a couple of years now because um, with the rise of things like e commerce, you know, what happens if you want to be offering um, some type of last mile delivery, but you don't want the hassle of uh, having your own fleet of motorcycles and delivery people. Um, And uh, this is where businesses like Pargo are actually coming up and saying that uh, that's the gap in the market that they're looking to solve. Uh, So for today, we are joined by uh, Lars Verl, who is uh, the co-founder over at uh, Pargo. Um, I like the description that the company um, has, and I'm going to ask to expand, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, around it, uh, because the way that uh, you know they they uh, describe themselves is uh, they describes themselves as being a convenient last mile logistics solutions uh, that offers uh, deliveries and collections at over two thousand five hundred pickup points. So we're going to be getting into a discussion just around what does that actually mean, and uh, what type of future does the business have um, within the context of South Africa and where do they see themselves going? Lars, for today, greetings to you.
1: Hi Madiwa, thank you for having me. Um, Yeah, it's great to, to be part of your podcast and tell you a little bit more about what we're doing and how we're trying to to solve the challenges of last mile logistics that that many e-commerce companies are facing today. All
0: right, cool. Uh, I think a good place for us to start is an extension of that thought about uh, the last mile delivery. Uh, Pogo itself, maybe you could give us a little bit of background. Um, I'll say that in my uh, you know in my coverage um, of the space, I've been exposed to companies like Pickup Technologies, which was recently acquired by Carew. You know the parent company of car track and the like um so you know i've had a little bit of uh of insight into how the business works but for someone who's not you know familiar um with how um a quote-unquote uh you know a crowdsource logistics platform works um you know pargo give us that uh, that background
1: excellent um so first pargo is short for parcels on the go uh and um, you know what we're trying to do is make on, simplify online delivery my my background is in e-commerce i am originally from the netherlands i moved to south africa in 2012 joined a big e-commerce international e-commerce company was attracted by the huge potential that i saw for e-commerce on on the continent not just in south africa but the rest of africa uh, but after arriving here in the first kind of two years of, of helping that business, started realizing together with my co-founder, Derek, um, how challenging delivery was. So we saw the potential, we saw people buying online. And the reality is that today, more than 50% of the African population has access to, to e-commerce because they have a mobile phone, they have internet, they have disposable income. You know, um, digitalization and technology has has leapfrogged the whole continent into, into the 21st century. but What's not happening yet is this challenge of last mile delivery. And that's what we're trying to solve. The biggest problem we saw um, early on was accessibility and affordability. The fact that many delivery companies are not able to deliver to every South African, uh, people that live in townships, people that live in small rural areas, people that live in big housing estates around Johannesburg, people that work in big office blocks can't always receive their parcels. And that was the first challenge that we were trying to solve. Um, And the way we do that at Fargo is that we've built this extensive network of parcel pickup points. We partner up with stores and allow consumers, online consumers to uh, collect and return parcels at these stores. Um, And we've done that now for the last uh, seven years. We have over uh, 3,000 by now, 3,000 of these stores in our network all across the country, in every small town, village, uh, suburb, anywhere you can think of, we partner with stores, the likes of Clicks, Caltex, Shell, Spar, uh, Cape Union Mart. All those kind of businesses work, we work with, and we allow people to send and receive parcels uh, at these stores. So that's really what we've been, how we started, and what we've been doing as a business over these last uh, last couple of years, uh, and trying to solve those challenges of of delivery that that we see every day.
0: Okay, cool. And that's actually, you know, quite an interesting uh, place, you know, that you sort of leave us. What? Um, particularly piques my interest is the fact that you guys have been around for as long as you have, right, Uh, you know, simply because, you know, one wonders, you know, what is it exactly that you saw, you know, in the market Uh, because I'm trying to think of seven, eight years ago uh, because I know that, uh, you know, when when we think about, you know, this space, Um, of deliveries, etc. I'm thinking about the fact that uh, Uber came to South Africa, I think 2012, 2013, uh, somewhere there. And then a few years later, we saw uh, the likes of Uber Eats, Mr. D, etc. I'm trying to think of what the world looked like, uh, you know, back then, that actually where you said to yourself, okay, fine, Uh, this is a space that could, uh, you know, probably uh, make sense. Uh, Over the last two years, because of all the businesses trying to jump onto the e-commerce bandwagon, um, it makes perfect sense, right? But seven years ago, you know, were you foreshadowing to see that, you know, one day in future, this is where things could go? Or had you already started seeing that um, it, was, it was better to have uh, this model of an outsourced last mile delivery service as something that you could offer to businesses um, or to consumers out there?
1: That's a good question. I think the first wave of e-commerce started, I mean, I think Kalahari was a lot around many, way earlier than everybody else. But the first wave we, started, we, saw, we saw starting around 2010, 2012, that's also when we arrived here. Uh, we saw this kind of early uptake between 2012 and 2015. Um, what happened in that time is the likes of One Day Only, uh, Superbulous, Take A Lot, uh, Spree, uh, 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 Zando um, uh, and many more of these e-commerce businesses kind of started. Uh, a lot of the big retail chains like Fashini, Clicks, and the likes of, you know, all those, Mr. Price, you name it, also all started going online. Um, and that's really what we saw in the market. So we were solving a problem of, of e-commerce deliveries. What happened is when we were solving that problem we started Pargo is that we realized that the problem we're trying to solve is getting the parcel in the hand of the consumer and we started picking up that it's not just e-commerce companies that do that so we also had a good good bit of traction in the early days with um telecommunications companies with banks with insurance companies with education uh, institutes with all kind of businesses that need to get you know whatever it is bank cards or sim cards or books into the hands of their of their consumers or students or people that that they were servicing so the, the the general challenge that we saw, and maybe just an important thing to highlight there as well, is that what we do should be done by the post office, but with the deterioration of the post office and service not being offered as as people were expecting, they were looking for alternatives. And that's really in a, in a gap that we jumped in and that we saw and where we started getting a lot of traction with people looking for, for alternatives. And, and the biggest challenge that we saw then and still see is that a courier company, especially the courier companies in South Africa, have tremendously improved over the last 10 years. They're doing a much better job. They weren't that good then, but they're doing much better. But where they still ch- have challenges is to do a delivery in a township, to do a delivery in, in the rural uh, parts of, of, of KZN or, or the Eastern Cape or, or wherever it is. Um, and that's really where, where we, uh, when we started the business, uh, were very strong and we saw a lot of traction and, and uh, yeah, movement happening there in, in, in our world.
0: Right. One of the things I'm curious about, you know, because of the the description that you've just given us and the different waves of I guess e-commerce in South Africa and where we are. Um because a lot of people still say that it's nascent. Um I'm of the opinion that there's a lot more e-commerce activity that's happening in South Africa than what uh the actual statistics you know, are telling us, right? Um, So as far as you can see over time, right, um, how are things actually working, you know, on the ground? Do you have your own people? You know, is it, uh, you know, are you outsourcing between, let's say, the towns and the cities? You know, how does, you know, that, uh, what you call this, how do those mechanics um, actually work behind the scenes?
1: Yeah, so what we are really we call ourselves a platform we are at heart a technology company we have a big you know team of engineers every day building technology and improving through technology and data managing and improving last mile logistics and the way our model works and our business works is that we partner with uh, service providers we integrate different uh, logistics companies, courier companies, we are integrated into different warehouse solutions across the country, and we have built plugins and systems so that anybody that is going online, doesn't matter if they use Shopify or WooCommerce or Magento or whatever they use, they can automatically uh, sign up and uh, plug into to, to, to the Pargo solution. So, really, at heart, what we are, have become is this one stop shop for all your delivery needs. You just have to integrate into Pargo and all of a sudden, you have this wide range of different different services that you can use so, in terms of you know getting the passes from a to b and 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 the guys on the ground that is outsourced we we worked at we work together with. Uh, five selected courier companies in the country, but really what we are offering is what we're calling internally managed services. We are giving our clients um, the option to not have to worry about their last mile at all. We take that completely over, manage that through technology and data, give them all the insights, make sure that the customer communication is is at an improved level and completely take away the the, the hassle and the, and, 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 the, and the, the the challenges of having to manage a a your your last mile or a courier or or a warehouse and the likes of that.
0: All right. I think the young people would say, you know, shots fired when I remember back uh, to the comment that you made about the post office, but it's no secret uh, that in South Africa, the post office hasn't been, you know, doing what it does. And as much as that physical aspect is, you know, quite important, um, you know, one can see that there's probably uh, quite a big opportunity on the software side, you know, and especially I'm picking up, you know, terms like managed services and, uh, you know, that then you know makes one wonder to say like um, where you guys see yourselves today versus in the future you know is it about you know keeping a proprietary sort of type of platform you know where you offer services to the market or is there an opportunity for Pago to perhaps, um, you know, come up with a solution that they could perhaps white label. You know, for other businesses to manage their own, um, you know, logistics platforms. I'm a corporate. I'm a small business. Whatever it is, but I just need something uh, that allows me to have those insights into my own, um, into my own platform. How are you guys thinking around some of those issues?
1: Yeah, so I think just to to answer the first point of your question around the post office, I think it's no secret, right, that that over time it's not been going well. And just an anecdote there is that when we started when we started the business early days, we had a client and they were a reasonably big company. They came to us and said, listen, guys, we just made a loss of 12 million rand in the last four weeks because we were, they were 100% dependent on the post office and the post office had been on a strike for six weeks. So every parcel was just laying there. I, I don't know if you remember those photos going online, everybody could see them like these piles are just heap, you know, heaping up at the post office. Uh, uh, facility. So that's, that was a big issue. And I think uh, not just us, but every courier company in the country has eventually benefited from that. Um, in terms of your second part of your question, in terms of where we are and where we're going, I th- think, first of all, where we are. So as I was saying, when we started the business, we, we built this network of pickup points. And that's really to create that access, that, that affordability by, by allowing couriers to collect multiple parcels from a client and then delivering it to a pickup point in a township to one store, Obviously, the cost of delivery goes down. So our cost is often cheaper than when they, in, in, um, instead of having to deliver to multiple houses. Um, but over time, because of the managed services and the technology that we built, we started realizing that we can do much more than just delivering to and from pickup points. So we are now giving clients a full range of services, home deliveries, returns, click and collect, um, all these things that, that, that they need for their last mile logistics. Um, And I think we are unique in the way we do that. We are the only company, there's multiple companies that offer technology. Most of them are aggregators whereby you can go online and see different prices. We're the only one that gives a fully managed service. So you work with us, we will take everything away from you. And that's really where where we are unique uh, in that regard. And then to to answer your last question, we do indeed white label it. So um, a few of the big big e-commerce companies in this country uh, actually, have white labeled our technology. You wouldn't see our brand there; it would just look as if it's their own. But a lot of the the big e commerce companies actually are using our uh, our technology to do their e commerce deliveries uh, on the back end, and uh, it's something that we really do, and something that we're very open to to keep on doing in the future.
0: Mm, no, definitely, and you know, in 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 a, in a country like this, it does uh, seem as if um, it's a very big gap you know that uh, that is being filled uh particularly on the logistics side i remember a couple of years ago just hearing um that so you know part of the reason why Um, the likes of Amazon hadn't really made that big of an investment on the continent was because uh, the logistics of getting around, the mapping systems, the roads, uh, all of that infrastructure was not in place um, the way that it was. Um, So one of the big things, you know, is just having that infrastructure. And I think that's helped um, the South African e-commerce sector in particular. Um, Now, sort of moving on, one of the things that, um, you know, is quite big is the fact that you guys do offer, you know, your services to some of the what people would consider secondary towns and, you know, your rural locations, etc. Maybe you could talk to us about what that actually means and entails, because uh, I think it's a space that a lot of people uh, try by all means not to. Uh, bother themselves with because of all those you know difficulties uh, of operating in your rural areas and all of that what prompted the decision and you know how have you managed to keep it going because the fact that you guys are still going with it means it's working out in one way or another
1: yes well i think the biggest untapped opportunity in south africa is accessing the mass market is accessing the many millions of south africans that again as i said that have access to internet, have smartphones, have have disposable income, but where logistics or a physical uh, infrastructure problem is, is limiting businesses to actually uh, access them. Uh, our mission at Parga, the reason we started the company and what's big on the walls here, and, and I think one of the main attractions for, for talent and why people join us is, is to create an access to anybody in Africa. And that's that's what we're trying to do here every day, why we, we get out of bed and what we're trying to build. So... The way we've done that is by you know um, <clears throat> recognizing areas anywhere in the country where people would need pro- products working very closely with our courier partners and recognizing that for them it's a big challenge to do a delivery in 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 king williamstown or in tata it's just further away it's and, and these are even still bigger towns and you know you can go much smaller to the real small towns in the eastern cape for example Work together with them to say, okay, we can we can convert all the people in this small village in this in this rural uh, in this rural community to use the pickup point. Then we can together lower our cost and we can offer these people an affordable, normal costing uh, price for their delivery. An example, just how this works, is when when COVID happened, for instance, and and all the universities across the country had to to overnight move from you know in person to remote learning. Uh, what happened is that A lot of them came back to us and said, listen, not every student has a laptop, and Internet at home, especially because a lot of them are going back to where their parents live. So we need to get either laptops or educational material, books, uh, assignments, whatever it is to these students. But then they also need to give us back. So can we use your your network uh, of stores for that? And. We we got I think the top ten universities working with us doing doing many hundreds of thousands of of assignments and books and laptops and, and materials whatever it was you know going back and forth between 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 the university and the students in these towns and I think that's just a great example of you know of how the solution really helps to 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 solve a real problem of you know a student in a community that otherwise would not be able to get that that those products or would have to have, have would have had to pay. The courier a quite hefty surcharge because of the cost you know if you would have to do one by one it would have been very very expensive so it's an example and and, and a big big value add of what we're doing and and why we are around as, as cargo
0: perhaps as an extension of that thought um you know this issue of last mile delivery in south africa uh, because i'm pretty sure you've had enough time to sort of gauge the market and see um how people actually respond and see these things um do people how do people I guess see the difference between let's say using a pickup point versus having something delivered to specifically to their door. do South Africans care that much
1: we We see that especially again in rural towns or in areas where the consumer will already have recognized this being a problem that the uptake is very high so we have townships where we do one hundred percent of all the deliveries in those areas because the guys and that live there recognize that the alternative which they used to. Uh, work with before they came across us was a home delivery, which which whereby the driver would miss them all the time. So the uptake is very high. If you are looking in the more urban areas, uh, in an area like like Cape Town, Johannesburg, just the city centres where the delivery is a bit less challenging, the courier could also deliver to your home. We still see that about twenty five percent of consumers choose for a pickup point, and that's because of a convenience factor. Um, so in, you know, in a case whereby you live in a big well uh, formalized urban area, it might not be a necessity, but it might just be a convenience. I, for instance, don't like to wait for the courier driver all day. I always use the pick a point just because it makes more sense for me to just, as I drive home after work, stop at the Caltex garage, it's open 24-7. I just pick it up and I don't have to uh, wait or handle uh, during the daytime while I'm in the meeting. Oh shit, the courier driver is here, right? So I don't have to handle that. So that's why it depends a little bit where you live and why you use us, but it's either from a convenient perspective, or it's more the necessity of of access that you need to, to to your goods.
0: Now, I can certainly relate because I think even in my own life, I you know tend to whatever I order online, I tend to pick um, either a click and collect at an actual store branch or at a pick up point of some sort because there is that you know missing each other thing that does happen, um, you know, with your couriers. As we're sort of running up the discussion, Lars. Um, you guys are a startup, you know, and one of my favorite questions to, to, to sort of get an understanding on when it comes to startups is, um, you know, the funding journey. How have you guys been funding yourselves? And, uh, you know, over time, have you been raising funds? Are you currently raising funds? Uh, talk to us a little bit about that.
1: No, we we've raised some funds uh, in the past. Uh, so we have, we have external shareholders that have uh, invested in the business and taken an equity stake in the business. Um, you know, we've, we've always been able to, 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 to grow quite fast to, um, yeah, to build a business and scale the business, uh, at a rapid pace. Um, you know, we, we, we have actually, you know, yeah, over time had multiple investment rounds. Um, one organization that has also been very helpful in that, in that regard is, is Endeavor. I don't know if you're aware of Endeavor. It's, it's, a, it's a network of, uh, Entrepreneurs in emerging economies, and they've always been very. Uh, and it's a network that uh, that my co-founder and I are also part of. Um, a lot of uh, fast scaling businesses across uh, the world uh, are part of that. So you get access to capital, new markets, and talent, and they have a, an extensive network of mentors that then help us to to achieve this growth. So. Uh, that has also helped us to, to, to achieve uh, either capital or talent or, or access into, into new markets, uh, something that we're looking in at the moment, for instance.
0: No, no, that's really great. Uh, Funny enough, we've actually had uh, we've actually had uh, Alison uh, Collier uh, from Endeavor actually being on this platform before. So, you know, quite familiar, um, you know, with uh, that network. So, as we're ending off, we've spoken about the funding journey. We've spoken uh, about, uh, you know, everything else that's going on. Um, One of the words I heard you using quite a bit is Africa. Um, At the moment, you know, what does your presence look like you know are you guys a south africa play or do you or is it an africa type of situation uh what are your points of presence looking like um at the moment
1: we are currently operational in only south africa uh one thing that we already do is help south african businesses so our current clients deliver into the neighboring countries namibia botswana uh, but we don 't have a uh, an office there as you like, if you will, so we, we help only South African clients. Our focus though and our and our vision and what we 're trying to to achieve is that we strongly believe that what we 've solved the problems we 've solved in South Africa exist even more in the rest of the continent so our our goals for the coming five years is to also expand our business into into other African markets and to to really build this tech enabled network of access point across the continent, uh, enable e-commerce growth, connect businesses with consumers in the countries, but also uh, across countries, and really build this leading leading network, uh, distribution network uh, on the continent.
0: All right. And I'm sort of assuming that, uh, you know, with that uh, type of focus, uh, that anything that in terms of capital raises, etc., that's going to be one of the uh, places that you'll be deploying capital. i um, interested to know. You know that if you were to fund, if you were to do a funding round right now, is the money going into, let's say, setting up your own offices, or is the money sort of going into maybe establishing similar relationships to what you have here in South Africa, where you have those partnerships with local courier companies on the ground in those other African countries?
1: Yeah, definitely. If so, first, if you know, like we, when we raise money, we would always every time we raise money we we reinvest a big part of that back in south africa the opportunity on the con- in the country is still very big and it's still a lot of market share that we can grab locally uh but looking at the continent the the goal is to to replicate what we've done here so it will be a partnership uh, model or part- partner up with local local logistics partners there career companies um you know, find find the right the right clients, find the right pick-up point partners. You know, and and just replicate what we've done here. And really, by building that network, you know, obviously also want to 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 then uh, accelerate the and and um, the growth, but also the uh, benefits of having a network that's not just in one country, but in, in multiple b- countries across the continent.
0: All right. So very interesting discussion just around uh, last mile delivery in South Africa and using technology platforms uh, to actually solve for what has uh, been, you know, quite a big issue when it comes to e-commerce um, adoption across the continent. So we were talking to uh, Pargo's co-founder, Lars Ver. So for today, Lars, thank you so much for being with us. We definitely look forward to being with you again.
1: Excellent. Thank you, Manuha. This, this is Mu take.
0: take really great discussion there with uh, Lars just around what's going on in the last mile space. Um, I think just taking a more broad view of what's going on it's all of these pieces. I think we had a discussion you know recently about you know all of the different pieces that lend themselves um, to e-commerce in South Africa right you can't just the fact that someone has a website and they're selling something online does not necessarily mean um, that e-commerce becomes possible or smooth. Um, in that particular sector, you need uh, the accompaniments, you need the infrastructure um, in place. And a big part of that infrastructure is that ability to get goods you know, from one place to the intended customer. And uh, that is a huge issue. As I said earlier on, uh, it's one of the things I've read um, actually has kept uh, the likes of Amazon out of uh, this, uh, this particular market as much as um, they have in other parts of the world. Right. Um, so uh, having people that are coming in to solve uh, for those issues is a very big thing. And I think going forward, you know, the more of these players that we can have, the better that it will be uh, for consumers. And then I think uh, the other big one is the fact that at least we're seeing more and more players trying to attack uh, some of the more rural parts of um the country, uh, because those are markets that are usually left um, untapped. And if someone can just have the infrastructure there, then, you know, you'd be surprised that there's a lot of revenue that could possibly come out um, of those areas. So going forward, we just wait to see how the space develops. Um, As I keep saying, it's always great to see uh, which pieces you know uh, keep getting added we spoke about buy now pay later the other day right now we're talking about logistics it's always great to see what are the next pieces that are going to be added and how are they going to be added going forward And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcasts on Business Live that's under the Podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter with hashtag Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on IONO.FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Costs, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. Thank you to our amazing team. Our producer is Paige Muller. I've been Mudiwa Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight which is a Multimedia Live production. So for myself and the rest of the team, it is a good evening, good afternoon, and good morning. <music>